one. And we are so happy to be here with you tonight. And again, thank you, Janet Lee. Wow, I certainly could remember those songs as being uh, unforgettable in their messages. And I, I just enjoyed that very much. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are. And tonight is part five, The Body Without the Spirit is Dead. And what is the spirit without the body? Question mark. So we have a lot on the table here tonight. A lot to share with you. And I'm hoping that I can get it all in. I, I do want to um, say one thing here, though, uh, because we've had some questions come in. And people are wondering when we're going to get the uh, Seven Thunders uh, teaching started from out of the books. Um, well, I never did intend that we would not finish whatever um, uh, teaching that we were doing. And I, I uh, never know in advance if those will end up being one or two uh, sessions or if they'll be uh, four or five sessions. We're in the fifth session now. And, and there's going to at least be another session and maybe two. So uh, that is always going to have preeminence of finishing out something that we have started because then that gets uh, put together uh, in, an, in, in an enfoldment uh, so that we can uh, have that uh, later uh, presentable uh, for the teachings uh, in other kinds of ways. So, <clears throat> uh, but let me talk about the book. Um, I still have... Uh, some of these books left, The Seven Thunders, uh, we have we have sold some, and it's been good what we have sold, but there are still some left, and if you want to get into these teachings, uh, and I think that you do, uh, then you, you and you don't have a book, if you've got a book, great, but if you don't have a book, then get on to the uh, websites, and and uh, you know it will it'll show you where to go, and then you can uh, you can go through PayPal, and uh, it'll be all set up for what the book costs. It's it's at uh, a very reduced uh, price, at thirty uh, percent off, and um, you can't go wrong with that, especially with the information that is in it. I'm getting uh, letters, I'm getting calls. People are commenting about that book, uh, saying they never read anything like it before in their lives. Uh, and that I can totally understand and believe. And when we get into the teaching, wow, is it going to be spectacular. So I'm hoping that people get uh, get with it because it takes a little bit of time to get the book from Canada here uh, to you in, if you're in the States. So I'm hoping that um, if you are able to, uh, to get that book, that's going to help you. Now, um, we have not yet started up the uh the the bible college uh, the bible college is is um set up to operate uh, now uh, differently than it was once in the uh in the somewhat of uh, of a past time uh we used to actually have a literal building and literal students would come in uh on on a school type of basis but now we're doing everything uh through uh correspondence so this is a correspondence uh, Bible college at this time. And even these um, teachings that we are now doing, if you are interested in uh, at some later point getting into the, the correspondence Bible uh, college and getting a certificate of ministry, 
then uh, you should be listening and making notes on these teachings we're doing now because um, you would be able to get credit. Uh, what would happen if you indicate that you are interested in getting uh, ministerial credit uh, toward a, a ministry certificate, uh, then um, we would at some point, when you feel you're ready, we would call you and give you some tests over the telephone to certain questions in the teachings. And if you pass those tests, then you would get credits toward what you have been listening on the broadcast. You would get credits, uh, you know, toward the, um, the Correspondence College and, and toward getting the uh, you know, ministerial certificate. So uh, it's a great, wonderful offer, and we have lots of very exciting uh, plans uh, for the correspondence school and and this Bible college and bringing people in uh, into the manifest ministry. Now, in our introductory theme to the broadcast uh, announcement, we talked about uh, the displacement that can happen. Uh, we talked about absolute space. And we talked about the story, uh, which is a true story from the Bible, about how that a, a person had a demon, and then the demon was uh, was cast out. Uh, but instead of that person doing something to fill that vacant space with something that was good and positive and true, uh, they neglected to do anything. And so eventually, the demon that had been cast out went and got uh, seven seven other demons. And they came and, and all of them as a group possessed that body so that the person, the Bible says, was in a worse state in the end than they were uh, in the beginning before the first devil was ever cast out. And we talked about how that um, there are uh, 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 there are various things in a spiritual sense uh, that is a knowledge that much exceeds just the scientific concept of making room uh, so that another uh, substance can fill a spot. Uh, and I want to just uh, uh, touch a dab on that uh, so that you can sort of understand it. Um, uh, we have been teaching the spirit-to-spirit -spirit, uh, revelation, which is possibly the most uh, you know, ex outstanding revelation uh, of, of this age. And... Um, one of the things that is important to understand is that um, the Bible says the spirit within us uh, is like the candle of the Lord. Uh, it can travel within us. It, it can have knowledge within us in the spiritual side, which, which if, you, if you look at us as a, as a compound entity, we're 50% spirit and 50% human. So it's very, very important to have all of that um, you know, put together. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, uh, if we're wanting to uh, to get into the the scale of things, and and we do know that in the in the time of of, of uh, Daniel, there was this image on on the wall, and and it was a, a message about being weighed in the balance and found wanting, so that we know that there is a a scale of of things uh, that is like a a, a balance between good and evil, between right and wrong, and um, uh, between things that you accomplish and things that you neglect to accomplish. 
uh, very, very important. And uh, there is a, a balance between uh, the, the physical and between the spirit. Uh, what we would like to give you is a, a little insight that would be, I'm sure, helpful uh, is, is the idea that um, when you are looking at this thing of displacement, in order to, um, to get ahead, you know, with this displacement uh, reality, um, you have to think in terms of that in the spirit realm, of, and we're talking about your spirit within you. And we, and we know from the Bible that, you know, that it's, this vessel is even called a temple for the Holy Spirit. So we know that your spirit can be in there, and it has the potential as being a temple. Uh, and I want to say that there are two methods of, of, of worshiping and, and uh, uh, being in uh, link with God. And um, one is by the body and the, and the brain of the body, the mind of the body. And it is prayer, which is petitions. So when, when a person is praying and making petitions, uh, they are doing that by the body. Now, they can be uh, linked to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit is anointing their brain and anointing their mind, anointing their body. Uh, but but that, is, that is the ministry uh, that, the, that the body does through the, and, and the brain. Now, if you want to get ahead so that you, your, your spirit is, is gaining incrementally uh, over that exact balance of, uh, of uh, you know, scale between what is physical, what is spirit, uh, then you need to get into meditation. Now, meditation is totally different than prayer. Meditation is not praying. You don't go into meditation and say, Lord, uh, help me with this heal this person heal that person no that is prayer and that comes under that comes under petitions and and you are petitioning for people you're petitioning maybe even for yourself or conditions in the world that's prayer that's done through the body and and and, the, and your your mind brain and and uh, that uh, can also be aided though uh, by the anointing of the holy spirit now the spirit though, is capable of meditation. And meditation is receiving. So when the spirit, uh, you know, meditates, then the body needs to be silent. And there's lots of scripture for that. And, 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 and allow, you know, uh, it to become subject to the, the spirit as the spirit is deeply meditating with the spirit. For the Bible says, the day will come that you will not worship in this mountain or that mountain, but they that worship God, uh, you know, the true God will worship him in spirit and in truth. So so we're talking about this candle of the Lord, which is like your spirit, being able to go into these uh, deeper rudiments of understanding, being able to, to gain incrementally uh, by, by uh, uh, going deeper and deeper and getting more and more into your receiving. And as you begin to receive uh, into your spirit, then uh, you are actually nourishing your spirit, uh, just like there's other things that you do that will nourish uh, the anointing on your, on your physical person. And so that's the little bit of, of um, information I would give you on this 
a spiritual sense of um, of uh, you know uh, displacement, and how that uh, there is a difference of space um, that that can be gained by the spirit as what can be gained by the body. And being able to come into this place where you can distinguish the difference, which is not an easy thing to do, it only comes uh, through a trial and, 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 and practice. But as you continue to be involved in trial and practice, you will become uh, sensitive to the difference. And as you do, uh, you will be able, as I started to say, incrementally to to get a higher scale of of the things that belong to the spirit, and you'll begin to um, moving the spirit up into a higher echelon uh, of, of uh, the things of God. So um, that's I'll stop there, and let's get now on with our with our uh, message. Uh, I don't want to say that I apologize that I'm going to have a little bit of, uh, of numbers and uh, figurations in here because I'm not going to apologize because I think that that we have to understand that the, that God wants us to have knowledge of 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 these things of God and when uh, you know Daniel uh, and 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 the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were sent to um, to Babylonian uh, areas, uh, especially to Babylon. Um, it, it is written about them, and it, and it's uh, you know very very important, and very interesting. In the first chapter of um, of Daniel, uh, it speaks uh, chapter f- uh, one verse four: children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And then in verse 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So we can, we can see that when God was speaking to Daniel about the the times and speaking to him about days and weeks and and months and and, and uh, having to do with, with this revelation through the through the uh, uh, the angel that um, <clears throat> it was very very important for when he would say that he did not understand he did not understand what the angel was saying and and when you look at his record of of uh, intellect and spiritual knowledge uh those things that would have anything to do with about the the uh, uh keeping of the sabbath uh whether it would be the land sabbath or whether it would be you know uh the um the 49 years of keeping the land's uh, sabbath uh plus the the one year of jubilee which made 50 years he would know all of that he would absolutely have all that knowledge and would know that. But the way that the angel was ex- explaining it to him, he made it very clear to the angel. He says, I don't understand it. And he and sometimes it just his energy of trying to understand what the angel was saying just uh, zapped him of his strength and he would just fall down on the ground just totally out of energy and very weak. So um, <clears throat> we don't have to look in any way 
at this and say, oh, I, I just don't understand this. Uh, I'm not smart enough. Don't, don't allow yourself to ever say that. God wants you to understand this. And just like he wanted Daniel and 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 the four and the, and the three children, you know, uh, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he he wants you to understand these things because you will need to understand them, you know. And what about the what about the mystery of the number six 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 about bless the man who who understands this n- n- number and what it means? That wasn't simple, Simon. That has a huge, incredible uh, mystery and code to it. And, but God wants his people to understand these things because God wants to speak to us in, in code and in parables. Uh, and, and when the disciple says, why do you speak in these you know, mysterious sayings and these mysteries? He said, because it's given unto you to know. It's given unto you to understand. But to other people out there, it's not given unto them. At least they begin to hear these things, and instead of, you know, using them to overcome, then actually causes them to, you know, uh, the Bible says line by line and, and, and uh, you know, word by word, they, they, they stumble and fall backwards and, and, and go the opposite direction. Because sometimes people are not ready for these deep things, and when you give it to them uh, with the clearest of understanding, uh, or what should be the clearest of understanding, uh, it it causes uh, them to not be able to uh, accept it. Uh, Along the lines of when Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says from that day forward, many of the disciples began to leave Jesus and not follow him anymore, regardless of whether he had raised the dead, regardless of whether he had raised, had healed the blind, regardless of whether he had healed the deaf, regardless of all his other miracles and 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 the, and the feeding uh, five thousand people with a few fish and loaves, regardless of all of those things, regardless of the love he showed, because they couldn't understand a sentence or two, and that and and, and it just it offended them because they were interpreting it, interpreting that word that he spoke in the vernacular of their understanding and placement of what those words would mean and and not applying them or being willing to say well i know there has to be a deeper meaning here and i know jesus isn't saying uh, <clears throat> come up here and take a bite out of me i know he's not saying you know spike my arm and suck up some blood <clears throat> You know, uh, you would think that people would be wise enough to know that. But instead, people are not. Pe- people get all feathered up and ruffled up and and, and angry and, and disturbed. And, and, oh, did you hear what that fellow who calls himself a seer said? Why, he said, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and they, they don't want to wait and, until the teachings have come out and the teachings have have one by one opened and revealed you know the inner sanctum and all the the precious and beautiful meanings so we're encouraging you today to hang and hold we're encouraging you uh to to wait upon the lord uh, until he renews your strength and you will mount up with wings as an eagle and you'll be able to fly up above all of these questions all of these doubts all of these, uh, you know, states of mind where you're just not sure of, of anything, maybe. Uh, God will help you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. <clears throat> okay. So, all right. We move on. Here we go. Now, um, 
we're going to get into oh, some very, very interesting things. But I do still want to just cover a few little deals, little deals, that's a neat word, a few little uh, things that we talked about last uh, week. <clears throat> we talked about how in the Bible there are uh, trade-offs. Like in Numbers 14.34, it talks about each day for a year, so that a day could represent a year. Also in Ezekiel 4.6, 4, it spoke of the same thing, each day for a year. <clears throat> so we know that, um, that uh, there are all kinds of revelations uh, along that line in which um, there are uh, uh, spiritually in, involved and presented accounting that is of God and that looks at things uh, from a different interpretation because there's a different perspective that goes along with it. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of God. Okay, so let's just keep going here. A uh, lot, lot to talk about. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, these um, uh, almost eighty thousand years that we that we added up. And if you haven't heard this, you can go back uh, to last week's uh, teaching, and you can also look on there and see where there is actually a little place you can click on and print out uh, some of the information made available uh, in, a, in a written out form that you could sort of follow with some of these um, numbers and, and a little bit of math. Uh, it, it, it'll be very good for you to learn that. But, uh, we, but we, were, we were reading out of Leviticus 26 where um, there's all these times that when people do wrong that they, they uh, are come under a penalty. <coughs> And and the penalty is seven times, you know, whatever period it is that they did not fulfill, then they have to make that up seven times. So you know, so if it's um, if if the first time is they missed um, forty nine years plus uh, uh, the fiftieth year, and there's fifty years, then it's got to go. The penalty is going to be seven times fifty, which is three hundred and fifty. And then if they do it again, the Bible gives it, it says, you know, then another seven is applied, and that would go against the 350. And then you would end up to be uh, 2,450. And then if they did it the third time, and this is all in the Bible, all those four different times, you know, then then it would be seven times the 2450 would be 17,150. Uh, and if they did it the fourth time, it'd be seven times, uh, you know, the 17,150, uh, 120,050. Uh, uh, and according to what it provides, because there's the time times and a half times, then you cut that last figure in half and and uh, and that that uh, takes it down uh, from 120,000 to 60,000, and you get a total of 79,975 years, uh, which totally coincides with the uh, the doctrine that I teach of the times, the time times, and uh, and the dividing of the times, which I show is 70,000 years or 70,000 generations. So uh, so we got Bible here for it. And then, uh, you know, I also show that, uh, that you know, that the Lord says that, um, that he was short in the times. So I showed how that uh, using the 10% sacred, the sacred 10% uh, 
Isaiah 6, 12 through 13, uh, you would multiply each one of those those uh, years, the one, the two, the three, the four, sevens, uh, had a total of, and you would end up with 7,995 years. You would subtract the 7,995 years from the 79,975 years. You would end up with 1,980 years uh, of difference between the 70,000 and... and um, you know the uh, seventy nine nine seventy five years, but then if you take and you add the millennium, which is a thousand years, it only leaves you nine hundred and eighty years, and um, we're just leaving that open because you know it's a lot of time left uh, for for the uh, the application uh, uh, to reduce those uh, other nine hundred and eighty years. We know that uh, the Bible talks about redeeming the time. The Bible talks about restoring the years that the canker and the caterpillar have eaten. There are many, many, many scriptures of incredible importance, very, very relevant to this uh, teaching that we are doing, uh, so absolutely meaningful that that uh, uh, you're going to see more and more as we as we get into into these teachings here. Uh, you know, just how important that, that that all is, you know, and, and the effect of times and, and how all these things are important. Ephesians 5.16 speaks of redeeming the time. Colossians 4.5 speaks of redeeming the time. The Bible shows us in various scriptures, like Second Thessalonians two six, that there can be uh, an uh, an entry of some kind or an entity of some kind that is causing events to be withheld. Um, we know that in Revelations it talks about the angels that hold back the winds and hold back the uh, Euphrates River, the you know, and and. Uh, Many of those kind of things. We know that in Isaiah fourteen thirty one, it, it talks about um, the uh, uh, there being an appointed times, and we know that uh, in Daniel two twenty one and seven twenty five, it talks about there being um, uh, strong personalities that come forth, who will who will think to change the times and the seasons. So this thing of changing time is very very important. And and uh, and it has to be understood, but uh, but the Bible does tell us in Galatians four ten to observe the days, and and uh, if we we look into some of these things uh, that the Bible tells us, it it becomes a very uh, for uh, forefront of knowledge that um, that things can happen uh, by an extension. Things can happen by an acceleration. We mentioned uh, Luke 4, 5 through 6. Luke 4, 5 through 6. Uh, I saw the kingdoms of the world. Uh, Satan took uh, Lucifer up to this high plateau, and he saw the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And uh, we see acceleration in that and all kinds of interesting connections. If we had the time uh, to get into, we would. Um, we know that when King Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, just totally displeased God, that uh, he lost his his uh, mental uh, reckoning and um, until seven times passed over him. And so uh, it's all through the Bible. Uh, 
we know this, especially this thing about the 70 years. Uh, you know, it talks about Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12, the 70 years uh, perpetual destruction to the land of Babylon that would come uh, eventually. It talks about in Jeremiah 29, 10, after 70 years, there'd be a, re- a return uh, to Israel of God's people that had been taken captive. Um, it, it, it talks about... Um, you know, uh, in uh, Daniel 9-2, how that uh, uh, Daniel understood by the books uh, what the 70 years meant, but that uh, that the the real meaning was not revealed by the books. And so the angel uh, came to him and had to, to begin to show him these things. In Matthew 18-22, uh, Jesus said to Peter, when Jesus said, when Peter said, how many times shall I forgive this person? Jesus said, forgive him seven times 70. And we talked about the sevenfold son in Isaiah uh, thirty twenty six. We talked about how the, the scripture gives us the right to do this kind of multiplying. Hebrews six fourteen, multiplying, I will multiply thee. And um, we, we talked about how that when these multiplication factors like seven are used, uh, they themselves um, sort of acting like a kind of uh, denominator, uh, a multiplication factor type. Um, They stay the same, but the product amount, according to the last resultant, increases and is multiplied, um, uh, you know, by... uh, uh, by by the, uh, the the factor seven, uh, each as multiplied um, uh, by the multiplying event, and uh, that gets a little bit sticky, I know. But um, hang and hold. Um, we also know in Numbers fourteen thirty through thirty four, it talks about, uh, and I read it to you before. But uh, forty days shall become forty years, each day for a year, and uh, so wow that sort of gets us where we're going uh, into this next part. Uh, I do have uh, just a few things here left over that I'll go back into if I have time on what we covered last week. But let's start off and let me um, let me read to you Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 it says, And God said... Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. I want to read that again, and I really want you to listen. Because what we are talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is star time. And that from the beginning of this Bible, from the beginning of of the scriptures in Genesis, we have been given a method of understanding how we are to forecast time and what it is relative to. And we're not just talking in relativity about, you know, people's uh, little uh, small number of years that they live on this planet. We are talking about something that is more vast and more universal that encompasses, you know, a reality in this whole galaxy. Chapter 1, Genesis, verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Now see, division right there is something God uses right in the creation of things to divide the day from the night. 
uh, and let them be let them be for signs there's signs involved in in this revelation in creation with these numbers and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years so now ladies and gentlemen these lights in the heavens verse 15 and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light, which is the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, which is the moon, to rule the night, and he made the stars also. But it's very clear in this that we are under the reckoning by star time. That was given in the very beginning. It has never been disannulled. And so when we begin to look at star time, it is it is very, very much different than when people try to compare everything to their to their lifetime. This, I think this is how a lot of people get mixed up, you know, because uh, they think that <clears throat> for sure Jesus Christ should come in their, in their lifetime, that the end of the world should happen in their lifetime. Of course, they should escape it with rapture. But they've all got it relative to their lifetime, and, and that is being very meow that is being very little and, and that is that is being very uh personified to yourself to think that you know everything should happen in your lifetime uh, that is very small uh, of the mind and we want to show you that the really big picture has always been star time and i read that to you and and everything that we are to gauge by, everything that we are to understand, is going to come under the 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 um, uh, the depth and and understanding and incline uh, to the realities of of you know what it regards in in the sense that um, that it is under star time. Now, when we start talking about star time, uh, the the estimate by using physics. To to uh, gauge, uh, you know, the uh, what the sun expels, and uh, and using uh, Einstein's uh, uh, factor, uh, you know, times square, uh, you're able to to come up, you know, with the fact that the that the sun has been shining for uh, for over five billion years. It's five billion years old, and um, then uh, when you uh, by the, using the same factors uh, to gauge how long uh, there will be enough um, uh, gases, hydrogen gases and, and oxygen left in the sun um, uh, that um, you end up with approximately, in fact, over 10 billion years. Now, when we're talking about 70,000 um, 70, years, uh, generation. Uh, I know some people think, oh my, 70,000 generations. I know that they think that that is a really long period of time. That 70... I know that when you say that 70,000, they think, oh my, but when you take that 70,000 and you compare it to the star time to the star time, which is like the 10 billion years that are left, over 10 billion years that are left for the duration of the sun, not even counting the 5 billion years 
the five billion years that it already has had. Uh, that is just an amazing, amazing thing. So um, I think that uh, uh, that is just um, very, very interesting, and and we have to really look at that in a um, in a in a way that uh, is is realistic. Uh, we we can't uh, look at it in um, in any other way because there is uh, there is is no sense to how people have have uh, dealt and how they have looked at these kind of things. They have just been, you know, so absolutely um, limited in their thinking. So may God help the people. Uh, you know, may God, may God open their minds. May God deal with them. Bring them into the Holy Spirit <coughs> and uh, show them how that, uh, uh, you know, we, we do not have to be uh, you know, uh, bound uh, w with these little, uh, you know, minute ways of thinking. God, God wants us to open up. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, so um, it's uh, we're trying to get a uh, a muffler on my my speaker here. Uh, hold on, just a minute. Hold on. Okay, looks like we're uh, back in business here. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, had one of these uh, sort of violent sneezes, <laughs> and I think it shook off my uh, little muffler there, so to speak. Okay, let's let's go on with this. Star time. We're in star time. We are in star time. Say that to yourself. Get that into your mind. We are living in star time. Okay. Psalm 72.5 says, They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. Now we see by the word of God that God has incorporated this whole thing that I'm talking about, that we live under star time. And he references it by saying they, meaning the humans, the people, uh, the mortals, they shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. That was Psalm 72.5. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says, I return and I saw under the sun, under the sun, the sun is a star, saw under the star, under the sun, that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Now all of that, which has to do with, with what accords uh, uh, how uh, every human being uh, is confronted with their opportunity uh, to, to be saved or to be lost, that has to do with the whole essence of life and, and all the different different um, stations of life that people can be found in, but how that those particular stations do not really have the 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 uh, meaning of changing uh, circumstances, you know, because it says, uh, "I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not in uh, to the swift." 
nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor of skill, uh, but time and a chance happeneth to them all. Now, if you are just talking about 70 years at the best, or 80 years at the best, or a little over that, but I mean, I'm talking about an average of the human. <clears throat> and then you sleep a big part of that time, and you eat a part of that time, and you work a part of that time, and then you have family, and you have you know a certain amount of entertainment that you need. You don't just end up having a lot of time to 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 be uh, you know uh, into salvation. Um, and and then if if you were born with impediments, if you were born uh, you know with various kinds of uh, of problems or if you're born into a nation that doesn't believe in God uh, is persecuting or into a family that they're atheist leaning uh, it's much more difficult and and so we got we have this promise you know uh, I returned and I saw under the sun this, this is a revelation about star star time in the revelation of star time you've got 70,000 years 70,000 years <clears throat> so these 70,000 years gives you a little time to 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 live and if you and if you have to to live again uh we're not talking uh regeneration here because I'm not into uh the type of thing where uh you, you we have are into migration you can come back and live in a bug or a germ or an animal but <clears throat> certainly the Bible is full of scriptures that show that people do come back. Uh, you know, we know that that uh, Elijah uh, was to come back. We know uh, Melchizedek. We know all kinds of other uh, scriptures where people were raised after they had been dead. Some some of them for days. They were resurrected. That when you resurrect, you come back in your same body. Uh, you know, but but. Um, there are, if you regenerate, then you, you can come back in a different vessel. And that's a whole teaching. And uh, if you want information on that, get on the website and look some of those things up. So, I saw under the sun. Now, this is what God's people need to do. They need to be able to see under the sun. They need to see according to star time. And that's where the church world is goofing up. Because they're not they're not using star time uh, to figure out what these scriptures mean. Genesis uh, 8, 21 through 22. It says, to the, it says um, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. <clears throat> for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains Seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Now this is about star time, ladies and gentlemen. I'll read that again for some of you people that don't seem to remember the scripture. Genesis 8, verse 21 through 22. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest. This is all has to do with sun. 
with a star, star time, because one of the things that, that it's given for is the seasons, signs and seasons, days and years. Neither will, neither will I smite, uh, again smite any more every living uh, thing as I have done, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, <clears throat> the sun is a really, really important thing to uh, to life. And, and uh, uh, people had thought that if a planet was not close enough to the sun, then there would be no way that that planet could ever have any kind of life, any kind of life. But now they have made discoveries that um, that there is a a a, uh, a friction that is that is uh, in torque when a uh, a physical body like the Earth or Mars or you know any of these <coughs> planets or, or or any of these planets that have moons around them. All of these bodies have within their uh, inner uh, uh, part of the sphere, they have, they have a torque uh, uh, created by friction, and, and that causes um, you know, um, heat and melting and uh, volcano-like activity uh, within their interiors. And they have discovered that because of this, because you see, wherever there is heat like that, and it releases hydrogen, and it releases oxygen. Well, H2O, hydrogen, oxygen, makes can end up making water. That's what water is. And so that's why there can be water in addition to the hydrogen, in addition to the oxygen, on some of these satellite bodies that are around big planets like like Jupiter and 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 like uh, Saturn, you know, uh, there, there's there's a potential of uh, of you know very low types of life, but nevertheless there's potential, and I think that it's it's only a matter of time, you know, there's going to be a finding that there is life out there on these other planets, uh, and and that that life just on Earth is is not the case. There, throughout the universe, there's going to be all kinds of different life that eventually be found. And, and uh, someone said, I just can't believe that. Well, you're just the poorer for it. That's what you are. You're just poor. And uh, God have mercy on you that you're so poor, you know, because you are poor when you can't believe these things because they're going to be the facts. Now, the word end. You know, there's lots of things that have to do about the end. And... Uh, you know, uh, in, in uh, Matthew thirteen thirty nine uh, and 40 through 49, uh, you know, Jesus talked about the harvest is the end of the world, you know. Well, um, we, we need to understand what that means because, you know, people have one idea about the end of the world. A lot of people out there, all they can think about the end of the world is just 2012. Well, there's going to be some real good, real good revelations on that 2012 thing. You know, I'm not expecting uh, anything major other than just regular kinds of things that happen to this earth 
of which Jesus said you're always going to have wars and rumors of wars. You're going to have famines. You're going to have earthquakes, you know, in diverse places. I mean, that's just part of living on this planet. You'll always have that. But I don't, I'm not expecting end-of-the-world stuff to happen in 2012. In fact, it's not going to happen. So, so, but the harvest is the is the end of the world. Now, um, uh, we we do not know uh, specifically to to say uh, to someone uh, about about who God has raptured or who God has not raptured. We know one time that that Philip was just ministering ministering to an Ethiopian. And he was just suddenly picked up by the Spirit and taken into another town. Uh, we know that one time they got into the ship on the Sea of Galilee, and as soon as they got all on board, it immediately was to the other side. <clears throat> we know by the stories in the Bible of men of God being carried by the locks of their hair uh, through the sky to, and t- taken from one place to another place. <clears throat> So this is very interesting. There's no doubt about it. Second. <clears throat> so what I want to do is I, I want to just get this into your mind. That Enoch was transported. He was taken. Elijah was taken. We, we know there are many, many people that have been taken. And we know that the children of Enoch were taken. That, that a large number of them were taken to, to the father's house. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in, at a, you know, in the field, one taken, one left. Two will be at the mill, one taken, one left. Two will be in the bed, one taken, one left. He showed us that there's going to be that happened in the future, but that in the days of Noah, that's also had already happened before. Before the flood came, they were taken. The children of, of Enoch were taken. And, and the Bible says in Jude that they're going to come back and visit this earth with tens of thousands of, the, of those saints. And that was a prophecy of Enoch. So we can't judge what Jesus said at the end, end, end of the world. What we have to look at, we have to understand. When you get into the 12th chapter of Daniel, and you look at the 12th chapter of Daniel. Daniel t- tells us something incredible in the 12th chapter and the 11th verse. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make it desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, we'll get into what all this 1,290 days and all that's at. But what we want to say is what this shows here is 70 A.D. when the Romans destroyed the temple and there could be no more sacrifices and desolation was set up, which was an abominable thing to have happened. So that that was the end of a dispensation. That was the harvest at the end of the world. That was that was the end of that world and, and it was mostly about, you know, Israel as a, as as a, a a nation and as a city and and uh uh that 
was the end of an era and I started a new era right there in 70 AD. So in 70 AD, forward is the new dispensation in which begins the 70,000 generations spoken of in the 105th chapter of Psalms, which was a covenant that God made with Abraham, and it was <clears throat> verified. It was verified in the third chapter of Galatians that that covenant was never disannulled, and in fact cannot be disannulled. So from 70 A.D., which it shows here in the 11th verse of the 12th chapter, because that's when that event happened. From that time forward, the 70,000 generations starts. And, and so that turns out to be a great revelation right there because it is the end of a dispensation and, and, and there is a harvest. And someone says, well, the harvest? Yeah, every time God uh, takes up a group of people, he raptures a certain group of people, that's a harvest. And and that's the end of a dispensation. And there no doubt was a harvest that took place then. That took place before at that time. And and uh you know, God had a plan. We don't know every time when God sweeps down and and decides to um rapture someone up into heaven. But all throughout the Bible, different places you can see where things like that have happened. This one prophet who was buried and had been dead some time and went in, a, went in a great hurry because they were being invaded. They dug into that, per, that prophet's grave and threw another body. As soon as that other body touched that person's bones, he resurrected. That prophet resurrected and came alive and came out of the grave. We know that in Jesus' time, there was a harvest. When Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabbathani, and the temple was written in twain. We know that there was a, a, an instant spoken of when people came up out of the graves. Now we know that in our teachings that we include in that as a partial that some of these people really were it was, it was referring to was people that were coming back into their lost memory. And we understand that. But there's always a parallel. There's always two parts to every story. Just like there's a 30, 60, 100 fold not even mentioning the ground level. Okay. So, when when we look at this, um, you know, we, we, we see so many interesting things. Um, when we hear this thing about the end, everybody thinks, well, the end, well, that's it. That's the end, the end, the end. But, you know, Within the context of that, there's the Ephesians 3.21 that talks about ages, world without end. And that's also in Isaiah 45.17. And you need to read about the dispensations. Turn to, uh, I'm not going to read it tonight, I don't have time. Turn to Ephesians 1.10 and Ephesians 3.2 and Colossians 1.25. It's so interesting. 1 Peter 4, 7 said the end of all things is at hand. The end of all, A-L-L. -L. 
Was he was he talking literally that you know every single solitary thing that exists? No, he wasn't. This wasn't specifically including uh, the all of the all and the everything of the everything, but it was specifically uh, relegated to a certain um, descriptive aspect that the end was coming to. At the same time, the end is happening in in, in uh, places of the earth. Uh, there are other places where the Bible says, uh, you know, uh, ages of the world are without end. It's world without end. And, and so we've got to get around these things where we're trying to take a word like the end and make it all conclusive. Because many times when it says the end, it is not all conclusive. Many times when it says all, it is not all conclusive. And we just have to understand that. Okay. Uh, now, uh, here we go. Let's turn to Daniel 9. Get over to Daniel 9, and we're going to we're going to get into some interesting heavy stuff. Wow. I'm telling you, you want to be listening. Okay, let's start with um, verse... Um, um, let, let's just start with verse 21. While I was speaking in prayer... Now, just to make sure you have it, it's Daniel chapter 9... Verse 21, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Now, Gabriel knew that Daniel was scientifically minded, that he understood visions, that he understood dreams, that he understood theological things, mosaic things. He understood the Sabbath laws. He understood the Jubilee. He understood the prophecies of Jeremiah about the 70 years that, that the people would be in Babylon because they would have to pay for the neglect of the of not keeping the Sabbath, but where David, where uh, pardon me, where Gabriel was taking this was much deeper and profound. In the twenty fourth verse, it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and the holy city." <coughs> pardon me. Seventy weeks are determined. Now there's a determination, and I mentioned this last week, but I want to make sure you get this. Seventy weeks are determined upon God's people. And we need to know what these seventy weeks are, and we're going to know. And what's this seventy weeks going to incorporate? Well, it says, upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish transgression. Do you know of any time or any place on earth that transgression was finished? And to make an end of sins, 
Do you know of any place on earth or any time that sins came to an end? Oh, we know that Jesus went on the cross and he took on sins. But the only way those are applicable is when people accept him as, as the personal Savior. Otherwise, those sins stay out there abounding. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. And to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now that's a list. That is a list. And I, I, I keep saying this. I said it last week. I want to say it again. That's huge. Now what is it that we are teaching? We are teaching that these 70 weeks, and it says weeks, instead of days, instead of years, because it's talking about the Sabbath, the seven day, the, a week is seven days. You got 70 and you got seven. A week is seven days. You got 70 weeks. And so when you, you look at this and you say, okay, then what, what is this message? What, what is this message? Well, we're going to read the rest here and you're going to hear it. And you're going to hear it different in any way that you have most likely, probably 99.9% .9 ever heard anything like this before. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, threescore and two weeks. Now if you take threescore, that's 60. You take 70 weeks, or seven weeks, rather. So three score is 60. You take seven weeks. Now we're in verse 25. You add that to it. Okay? So then you've got 67. And then and two weeks. That makes 69 weeks. Now remember, we started in verse 24 with 70 weeks. But just wait and see here. And the city shall be built again the wall in troublous times. And after three score and two, two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood until the end of the, the war. Desolations are determined. Now, when, when people read this, they're thinking that the devil, the, the devil prince is going to come and he's going to destroy the city. But, you know, that is, not, that is not what it says. And this is where people have majorly missed this revelation. Because the last time that contextually it mentions prince, the last time it mentions prince, it mentions it in the 25th chapter, about the 4th or 5th verse down. <clears throat> the Messiah, the Prince, the Messiah, the Prince is mentioned just the verse up. So 
the continuity of it, contextually, is that the prince then has to do with the Messiah. And so when it says in verse 26 that the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, it's talking about the prince being the Messiah, and it's talking about the people that belong to the prince. And someone says, well, that's crazy. No, it's not. And I'm going to show you. They're going to destroy Jerusalem city. They're going to destroy the temple. Someone says, oh, you know, no, I can't believe that. Why don't you hang and hold till I give you these scriptures and show you? Hang and hold. Because contextually, it says prince. It doesn't mention it any place else again there in between. <clears throat> it says the prince that shall come shall destroy the city of the sanctuary, and at the end thereof it shall be with a flood, and to the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many. Now he, who's he? This prince. There's no one else to put in here. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now we had 69 weeks, and we, when we add this week, we get 70. So this week, that's a little bit seemingly separated in time from the other weeks, <clears throat> nevertheless, is a part of the 70 weeks. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to, to cease, and for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate, even until the, the consummation that are determined shall be poured upon the desolate. <clears throat> the interesting thing here, ladies and gentlemen, the interesting thing, very interesting, is when it says that <clears throat> he, being that prince, is going to do all this. He's going to take away the sacrifice. He's, he's going to get these abominations and and he's going to make it desolate. And it says, and that, that is determined, because that's that word determined, 70 weeks are determined, it's part of that determination, shall be poured upon the desolate. But the really correct word for that, which it shows in my margin, shall be poured upon the desolator. So now we see that the people that are doing all this destruction are truly part of the, the Messiah Prince people. And they are fighting against the personification, the evil force, the desolator. And, and that also comes up uh, you know, with another reference, you know, where it says in the same verse 27, and for the overspreading of the abominations, she shall make it desolate, or, or abominations shall be the idols of the desolator. There's, 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 there's idols in there. If you remember in Ezekiel, when I was teaching you, and, and this thing where Ezekiel goes to this wall, 
And the gods said to him, dig into that wall. He digs into that wall. Now he says, what do you see? He says, well, I see ancients, ancient peoples in, in there. And these are supposed to be, you know, the top priests. And he said, what do you see? He says, well, they're involved with, with e evil images. <coughs> they're worshiping other idols. So God was showing that these top leaders, and top priests, and places of worship were polluted. They were polluted. Now we're calling these 70 weeks, 70 generations. And we'll get back to that. 70 generations. Turn with me to Revelations 20. Revelations 20. And we're going to read about the, uh, the, the, the millennium. Because when you're talking about you know, generations, according to the 105th chapter of Psalms, there's a thousand generations, and according to the 90th uh, Psalms, the generations are 70 to 80,000, 70 to 80 years. So if you take 70 years times a thousand, you have 70,000 years. Now we see these 70 weeks in Daniel are 70 generations. So that's 70,000 years. And one of the weeks is, is separated from the others. And why is that? That's because of the millennium, the thousand-year millennium. And it is during this thousand-year millennium that this, the prince is going to raise up these, these people to, to do these, uh, these great works. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is important. I, I'm, I'm teaching you something that's true. I'm teaching you truth. I'm teaching you the real truth. What the Bible is really saying. And I'm going to show you. I'm not done showing you this. Why would God be doing things like this? Why, why would he be doing things like this? Because if you, I don't have the time to read all these. But if you just take the time to read about how that God is going to remove the sacrifices and how that there are better sacrifices than those that were used before and, and how that God, he despises those past sacrifices. They're going to be removed from the church. Now the, now the Jewish people, they, you know, through their rabbis might still be in the idea of having a temple that still could make sacrifices of animals. But that is not a Christian theme because that totally goes against the fact that Jesus Christ is our, is our living sacrifice. And, and these people that are going to be in that millennium, we're, we're talking about people that have, come, that have come into the Messiah, the Jesus Christ. We're not talking about Jews that remain Jews anti to the Christian faith. We're talking about Christians. Christians that are not going to want animal sacrifices. They're going to destroy those kind of, 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 worship, uh, uh, of worship things. They're going to destroy them. 
So if you do want to do some reading on it, Hebrews nine twenty three, Hebrews ten one, Isaiah sixty six three, Psalms fifty one sixteen through seventeen, Hosea six six, and Hosea eight thirteen through fourteen. Now I might have time to read some of those before the message is finished. But right now I can't take the chance because I've got so much that's important to say. Now here we are back over in chapter 20. And 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 here here is what it says, Revelations 20 beginning with uh, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the, the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word, for the word of God, <clears throat> and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their forehead, praise God, or in their hands, and they lived and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. <clears throat> Isn't it interesting that the thousand years lines up with the thousand generations of Psalms 105? That it's a thousand years? It's a whole generation? Isn't it interesting that that the Lord said unto, Ab- unto, Mo- uh, pardon me, unto Adam and Eve, in, in the day that thou eat of this fruit, in that day you will die? <clears throat> Isn't it interesting that the Bible says that a day with the Lord is a thousand years? Isn't it interesting that Adam only lived then to 930 years, and he was 70 years short? 70 now years that he did not live has become the average lifespan in Psalms 90 for the human race because the human race is having to live out those 70 unlived years of Adam. And eventually, there's to be this restoration of the whole thousand-year generation that was not completed. And all God's people are going to be brought into this that are destined for that in this thousand years called the millennium. Now, what does that mean? What's going to be happening during that time? People think that that they're just going to be sitting there on a stone and just saying, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, for a thousand years? Oh, no. That's not how it's going to happen. They are going to be in a school of the prophets. They are going to be getting incredible teachings and and being they are being they will be strengthened for this work and by time they get to one half of the millennium according to to the ninth chapter of Daniel they get to that half of a week they are going to be involved in the destruction of the temple they are going to be de- involved in the destruction of all of the the animal uh, provisions uh, that's connected with the temple for sacrifices 
They're going to destroy all that. They're going to purge it. They are going to destroy the whole, whole city of Jerusalem, all of it, as corrupt, as having become evil. They're going to destroy it. These are people of God that are going to destroy it. Is there a Bible for that? Oh, you need to believe it. Wow. <clears throat> Let's keep reading on this millennium. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On the such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Satan's going to be bound a thousand years. There's a whole lot to that, which I've done some teachings already on. Now, let's talk about this, destroying the, the Jerusalem. <clears throat> Look at chapter 21, Revelations. Look at chapter 21, Revelations. All right. Let's read and see what it says. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. There's a new Jerusalem coming down, ladies and gentlemen. They don't, this old one's not wanted anymore. It's, it's, it's been done away with in the millennium. It's a new Jerusalem. <clears throat> and I, John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. There's a tabernacle coming down in addition, but not a temple. Wow. And then look at verse 10. Chapter 1, verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And then it gives the description of these uh, in verse 12, and it had great walls and 12 gates and, and, and the names of angels written on it. Verse 14, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. Uh, it goes on, the city lies four square in verse 16, and the length and the breadth of it. Uh, and and, and you're, you're talking, you know, like 12,000 furloughs just in one measurement of, of the walls. You're talking huge areas. You know, you're talking something like 1,400 miles or 200 and, uh, or 2,200 kilometers, or kilometers, rather. And you're talking huge measurements, like some of these walls being as high as 25 stories. Now look at verse 21, same chapter, 21 and verse 21. 
And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold. And it was all as were transparent glass. And I want you to get this. I want you to get this, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 22. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord all God, for the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb, they are the temple. What happened to the temple? What happened to the old city? <laughs> I read it to you. At the middle part of the millennium, the children of God, the people of God, go forth and they destroy the old temple and they destroy the old city and they totally remove it. Because until they do that, the new Jerusalem and the new and, and, and the new uh, tabernacle cannot come down. The people of God do that. Because this isn't Jewish anymore. Doesn't mean it doesn't incorporate the Jewish people. But it's not Jewish per se as anti to the or not into the Messiah Messiah, into Jesus Christ. And here's the scripture for it. There's no temple there anymore. It's been destroyed. All these places of, uh, in the temple of, of making sacrifices and offerings, that's not acceptable to God anymore. That's an old, old thing. And, and it's almost, uh, it's almost a, an insult for people to go and offer an animal when Jesus Christ has offered his precious body. It's an insult. <clears throat> it's a denial of Christ that he came in the flesh, which makes them into the Antichrist category. So here's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Seventy weeks equals seventy generations of 1,000 years. Not 490 years. <clears throat> not 490 years. But if you were going to use the 490, just as you would use it as a denominator, it would, it, would, it, would, it would equal 70 weeks, and the 70 weeks would still equal 70 generations of 1,000. Wow. <clears throat> now we get, let's, let's go to Psalms, because we just need to read these scriptures again, just for the benefit of, of the people that might be on here that, that, you know, don't remember them or they haven't, they haven't heard it. We're going to go to Psalms 90 first. Psalms 90, and we'll start with uh, verse um, uh, 9. <clears throat> For all our days are passed away in wrath. We are told, we, are, we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years. A score is 20. So that's 60 years and 10 makes it 70. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, they'd be 80. Yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is cut off, and we fly away. Now there we have not the average, not the average regeneration uh, of a family, but the average lifetime of, of a person, the average. Okay? Then we go over to Psalms uh, 105. <clears throat> and here's what this says. Psalms 105, verse 7. 
He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. A thousand generations, ladies and gentlemen. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath in, unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Seventy thousand generations. You take these thousand generations times 70 that we read to you in the 90th chapter of Psalms, 70 times the thousand generations gives you 70,000 years, which it could go up to, to 80,000 years. But we'll just stick with the 70. Now, we know if we get into the New Testament, it does have reference in Galatians chapter 3 to this very thing. So in chapter 3 of Galatians, verse 16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. Now this is where many become one. Sometimes one becomes many. It all depends which way the accounting of God is, is, is actuated according to the generation. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God of Christ, or in Christ, the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should be made, that, the, that it should make the promise of none effect. Wow. For the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore, then serveth the law, it's added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So, so, so this is a perpetuated, eternal, everlasting covenant law. These 70,000 generations, which begin at 70 A.D., and they go on for 70,000 generations. And people are going to be given a time and a chance. Everybody's going to get a time and a chance. God has no respect for a person. And, and, and we're, going, we're, going to, we're going to do, as I read to you already before, like in several of the new gospel, gospel books, Mark, and I believe also Luke, well, for sure, uh, uh, Matthew, uh, where it says, go into the world... And when you look up the word world, uh, it's a Greek word that's cosmos. So go you into the, into the universe is what it is saying. And why do we want to go into the universe? Well, it tells us, and I read, keep reading this to you, but you've got to get it down. You've got to get it into your mind so you can be able to give an answer unto all men that inquire of the hope that lies within. But in the, in the, in the uh, 51st chapter of Isaiah, it says, I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. We're going out into space. We've got 70,000 years from the 70 A.D., for God's people to regenerate and go out into space 
and to preach the gospel. Just like right now, there are children of the, uh, of the Father's house that are flying in ziths across our skies, as it said in the book of Revelation. And they are preaching by signs and wonders the everlasting gospel. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So, what are we, what are we learning from this? Well, in Matthew twenty four thirty four, he says, "Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled." Last week, I explained to you that in Hebrews and in in Greek that if you look up the word generation, it is the same Greek or the same Hebrew word, whether it is singular or plural. So it's, it is totally legal to say generations, and it's just a choice of the translator. <coughs> In my opinion, which I believe I'm profoundly correct, contextually by the Holy Spirit, it should say, Verily, I say unto you, these generations shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. These 70,000 generations of the covenant shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. And what did I read to you? What did I read to you earlier? In the ninth chapter of uh, of of uh, of Daniel, twenty fourth verse, seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That's what Jesus said. Said these generations, not generation, but generations, will not pass. He's talking about these 70,000 generations until all these things have been fulfilled. And that's what it says in Daniel. And that's what it says in Matthew. And that's the teaching in the book of Revelations. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. All right. So we're going to... Uh, we're going to we're going to keep moving on here because, wow, we've got we've got a lot to cover, but we still have some time. We still have some time. Okay, let's talk about um, you know the, the in Daniel twelve uh, ten it says the wise shall understand. I want to say that to you. The wise shall understand. Now that you have to decide whether you want to be in that number. You can say, I just can't do it, and then you can be, a, you can be defeated. And, and that means that you do not believe the Scripture when you say that. You do not believe the Scripture of the Bible. Because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who will strengthen me. So that means you don't believe the Bible. It means you don't believe that all things are possible. That God can take you, even if you're unlearned, and He can teach you all these things. And make you very wise. So you either believe the word of God or you don't believe it. 
And I'm trying to encourage you to believe it. Because the wise shall understand these things. Daniel 12.10. Now, we see in all kinds of places in, the, in Daniel and, and in Revelations, it mentions the time, times, and dividing of the time, or half time. And you can find that in, write this down, or at least go back and get it later, Daniel 12.7. Daniel 7.25, Revelations 12.13 through 14. So when we, when, we, we, when we read these things like three and a half years, or we interpret something to be three and a half years, when we take 1260 days and we change that into years and we get three and a half years, or we take 42 months, which is in the Bible, 1260 days, it's in Revelations 11, 3, and uh, uh, 1260 days, um, uh, well, for sure, it's in Revelations 13, 5, and, uh, and verse 42. So when it talks about 1260 days or 42 months, 42 months is the same as 1260 days. 1260 days is the same as 42 months. And whether it is 42 months or whether it is um, uh, 1260 days, either one of those two equaled three and a half years. And three and a half years, symbolically, and, and, uh, and as a, a, a devise, division uh, um, denominator, uh, represents time, times, and the dividing of a time. And of course, there are a lot of people that will say that that the times, time, and dividing of a times is just represents 3.5 years. But that's all wrong. That's absolutely incorrect. Absolutely not correct. What it really rec- re- recommend uh, is saying is that the times, 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 and dividing of the times represents 70,000 generations. So, 42 months equals 1,260 days. 1,260 days equals 42 months. And they, they both equal, uh, separately, 3.5 years. And 3.5 years uh, represents 70,000 uh, years because it represents the time, times, and dividing of the times. Additionally, if you take the 3.5 years <clears throat> times 20,000 years, that equals 70,000 years. Or if you use it as a mathematical denominator divisor and divide 3.5 into 70,000 years, you get 20,000 years. Now, I don't have the time really to go into to all that that means. But I can tell you that it's very important because uh, uh, every 20,000 years, every 100,000 years, and every 400,000 years, the cycles of climate change. Thus you get the ice ages, and then you get the, the hot, uh, warm climates. Uh, and that happens roughly, on an average, of every 20,000 years, every 100,000 years, or every 400,000 years. Which is very, very interesting because if you take the 20,000, that's using our divisor denominator one time. 
if you use the hundred thousand, that uses the, it five times, and if you use the four hundred thousand, that uses the uh, divisor denominator of three and a half uh, twenty times. So it brings you back to the twenty. Now there's a lot that that would go into, and I could stretch out to show you some beautiful things, but but this thing of twenty thousand is more than what you might imagine. The Earth goes through one complete precession cycle in approximately every 20,000 years. That's making the trip around the whole zodiac. <clears throat> Earth is located approximately 20,000 years from the center of the galaxy. Now, if we take these figures, 1290, which it mentions in the last chapter, the 12th chapter of Daniel, and we take and we look for the value number there, going for the value number. So then we take each number individual, individual, individually. One plus two plus nine plus zero, and because zero has no standalone number value, it's crossed out. So we have one plus two plus nine at equals twelve which is very important because that is equal to the times, times, and dividing of the times. If we take the 335 and we take 1 plus 3 plus 3 plus 5, that also equals 12. We've got the, tw the 12 circuits. And then if we take and consider that, Yes, the time, times, and dividing the times, and uh, I wish I had the time to show you how that does work. But the, the number 1290 equals Abraham's bosom, and the number 1335 equals the father's bosom. Now, if you take the 1335 and subtract the 1290, you get the number 45, which then brings us to one of the most sensational revelations that I have ever taught upon about the false prophet. So if we if we if we look at at some of these things, it's going to be incredible. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to go through it sort of fast, and then next week we'll get back into it and we'll extend it. Okay, but now we're into the false prophet. Let's just quickly in Daniel 11:36. Um, uh, I'll read I'll read just a few things of it. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that is determined, that which is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the god of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any, any god, for he shall magnify himself uh, uh, above all. And then we could skip on down, and we could read more about him, uh, but, but there are two different case situations here. The first one that I read about is when he is Abaddon. And then when Abaddon takes the body of the Cosmocrator, and it's a human fleshly body, then he becomes that little small horn that comes up. And because he's now got this human body. But he still is powerful. In verse 40, uh, uh, 42, uh, he shall stretch forth his hand upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. It's incredible all the things that it tells about that he's going to be involved in. But this is about 
the false prophet, not the Antichrist, the false prophet. Now skip real fast to Revelation 13, and let's read Revelation 13. Wow. Now in Revelation 13, here is what it says, and this is so interesting. And we're going to look at uh, Revelation um, 13:11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the, the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he has the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on earth, they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Now, we're talking about here an incredible um, creation of a computer. And this is a quantum-type uh, computer that is going to be made by, by the Cosmocrator and is going to, have, uh, going to be able to speak. It's, it's going to you know, be able to make, uh, speak human uh, decisions and, and brilliant things. It's going to be able to, to, to do uh, uh, recordings of, of, of knowledge that is just almost beyond the, the power to believe it. <clears throat> but the interesting thing about it is that this computer is going to have a, is going to have a name. And, and, and the name of this computer, uh, which is a very unusual uh, going to be a very unusual uh, computer. It's going to be called the Rose computer. And and someone say, well, you know, where are we getting all this at? Well, you just have to hang and hold because I only have, you know, so much time here, and I'm going to try to to just cover a little bit of this before we have to cut it off. But there is a there is a rare product uh, that is available to a small amount on Earth. <coughs> And it's called rhodium, and the and the number of rhodium is 45. So the the number in, in the when you start getting into the uh, different elements is 45 RH. That's rhodium, 102.90550, and in in the year 2008, it sold for over ten thousand dollars a troy ounce. It's worth much, much more than gold. And it is used in electrical contacts and jewelry and catalytic converters, in alloying agents uh, to make electrodes. Its period number is 5. Its group number is 9. You take 5 times 9, it equals 45, which is its number. It has a density of 12, which is like the reduction of those uh, of those numbers that I gave you, 1290 and, 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 and 33, 35, uh, um, those numbers that I, w I was sharing with you, the 1335 and the 1290. And um, uh, it has a density of 12.4 grams per cubic centimeter. Uh, it has a very unusual spin to it that I, I don't want to blow you away by getting into you know, things uh, too complicated, but, uh, you know, because you get into the electron spins of the, of the photons in, in the QIP uh, with the, the, the uh, qubits that, that are in the quantum dots, 
and and involved with the molecular magnets that cause the spin of you know of the of these elements and 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 uh, the direction that goes up is the 90 uh, degree spin but the direction that goes down is the 45 degree spin which is also the number uh, of this and it's interesting that all of this is connected with drago because that's who they're getting them to uh, th- that this cosmocrator is through the computers getting them to worship and and the the uh, drago uh, the 45th degree of uh, is located at the 45th degree of latitude north of the the ecliptic. So this quantum computer thing is quite incredible, and and there's a name connected with it, and it's like uh, and there's many different ways that this is spelled, but it's similar to the name Christ and Imperial, and 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 like Chrysler means veil, and Imperial means sovereign. And 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 this is a particular kind of rose. It's a red rose, and 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 most roses, are, and most flowers, uh, are are not of the nature as this is. This has forty-five petals, and so I, w- I want to tell you that when the Bible says in Mark ten seven eight that in marriage they twain shall become one flesh. Therefore, it's counting the value of a, of, of a twain to become in the value of one. And we have done that very thing when we take 1290 and we reduce it to uh, number values. 1 plus 2 plus 9 equals 12. And 1335, 1 plus 3 plus 3 plus 5 equals 12. And then we have all these other 12s that things line up to because, remember, the false prophet is going to be a copycat trying to copycat all the things, you know, of God. And and um, this whole revelation of this Rose computer uh, is going to be so incredible, the capable, the things that it's going to be able to do. Um, it, it, it has the most, it's the most reflective element of the periodic table, um, this rhodium. Uh, it is uh, used in searchlights and dentist mirrors and giant microscopes, uh, synchrotrons. Uh, its melting point, get a hold of this, is 3,567 degrees. 350 degrees higher than uh, platinum or plantonium, whichever way you like to, to, to refer to which part of, the, of that element that you're referring to. is. I'm referring to uh, number 46. It's also called the Superman of Elements, and it is um, it is non-radioactive with this isotope. And I could tell you more. I, I could I could just go on and on and on, because this is the revealed uh, um, uh, pr- product that's going to be used in the in this new computer that the false prophet is going to make uh, that is going to have all this incredible power. And, and uh, you know, the Bible is a wonderful, wonderful revelation and a wonderful book. And there's so much more that I want to get into here to explain it to you in a way that you can see all the, the scriptural backup. But I've come to the end of my time. And, you know, the Word of God is wonderful, folks. And there's... Nothing quite like the Word of God when it begins to speak. It tells a story. 
It tells stories that has, have not been told. Because in the secret place of the stairs, there's a place that God speaks to his seers and prophets of that which was, of that which is, and of that which is to come. Before I go away here, I want to pray for you. I want to reach out to you. The Spirit is so much in this message. There's tremendous energy. Don't be afraid of these deep things. I promise you, if you will just hang and hold and believe, you'll not only be able to understand these things, you'll be able to minister them. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Forgive your people of their sins and trespasses, Lord, as they've forgiven others who have sinned and trespassed against them. Oh God, reach out. Reach out right now through this voice that I speak and begin to heal these people. Heal them, Lord. Heal them from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head. Heal them. Heal any impediments. Heal any pain. Heal their hurts, their fears, their depressions, their anger. And reach out, O oh God, grant peace into the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you till next time. Amen.